0: Let me tell you something I fought in wars all over the world hunted down animal poachers Africa, India, South America I got to see how people really are And they'll pretty much do anything to get what they want
1: And you think we're all like that?
0: You know where I found George? was hiding underneath the poachers' truck. When my team arrived, these bastards were in the middle of butchering his mother. They were cutting off her hands so they could sell them as ashtrays. George mm-hmm. never would have survived on his own. A albino like that on the black market is worth a fortune. So I took it with me.
1: And what happened to the poachers?
0: Oh, they shot at us, they missed. I shot back. I didn't. Hey,
1: everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find
2: their silver lining. And we are continuing through video game live action adaptation month. Yep. And uh, we, you know, we knew we were going to get here and and we're here and we're watching the single most accurate live action video game adaptation, Rampage. Yeah, they they nailed it. Yeah. Note for note. It was just like watching someone. It was like watching a playthrough of the video game. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Who can forget uh, all the those years playing that, that beloved video game where you would sit there and someone would have the controller in their hand and then two people would have
2: a 10 minute conversation while they just they pressed A and B. <laughs> Exposition dumps. A was the exhibition dump button. (laughs) B was the nod in assent button. It was great.
1: Yeah, A was yeah. Give backstory. B. (laughs) B was trenchant insight. Yeah, bon (laughs) ma. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get to that. It's like you know what? I actually think I would I would like to start by talking about the video game.
2: Because, yes let's absolutely
1: because i love that video game as a kid love that video game same it, it, it is was, yeah it was so the most simple fun. and so fun i'm gonna say that right now if you're listening to this and you have never played the video game rampage do yourself a favor and go do that
2: yeah find yourself some online emulator i'm sure it's out there play it up it's in concept so simple so fun You're a giant kaiju monster that's somehow not Godzilla, King Kong, or the giant werewolf famous from all the movies, and you destroy buildings and eat people and try not to get shot at by the military. It's great.
1: You know, I mean, copying King Kong and Godzilla makes total sense, but why hasn't there ever been a giant werewolf kaiju? It's a good question.
2: I think there is like one that's sort of a giant werewolf-esque, one of the lesser known um, like Toho Kaiju, but not to the same degree as Ralph from the Rampage franchise. Well, who could ever be on the level? No one. There?
1: But yeah, so for, for those of you who aren't familiar, if you've never had the joy, the game works like this. It's a side-scrolling video game. You're you're one of these Kaiju. Uh, you you just punch buildings while uh, the military and, you know, the police and whoever, they, they fire weapons at you. But you're a giant monster and your your job is just to wreck a city. Like, you're just trying to demolish every building without yep. dying. And then uh, once you smash it up real
2: good, you move on to the next city and you smash that up real good, too. And then when you do that, then you move on to the next city... And you smash that up real good, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it was made first as an arcade game and then eventually made it to the home platforms. But it was very much an arcade game that was designed in the classic sense of just you're not really there's no escalation. There's no story. They just want you pumping in quarters. So you continue to beat up those buildings real good.
2: Right. Yeah. Every game. It was a single screen. And just had various different buildings, whether the city was New York or Chicago or L.A. or Tokyo or what have you. All the buildings looked the same. You weren't in the earliest versions, weren't destroying specific landmarks like there wasn't a clear Empire State Building in New York. It was just skyscrapers, but it was fun and you could eat people for health. Yeah, that was the, be- the best fun you could have as a kid playing
1: that game. You'd punch a hole into the side of a building. There'd be someone in a bathtub. You'd press that punch button again. You'd grab the person. And then you'd toss that person into your mouth and chew them up.
2: Yeah. And that's how it. if you've been hit too many times by the missiles from the military, then you'd get more health. Mm-hmm. That's how you get you health. You keep destroying buildings. Yeah. That is how if you're a kaiju, you get health is yeah. by eating people in buildings. Yep. So that was the game
1: that and the movie was a shot for shot remake. <laughs> so, yeah, this so is someone and look, I get it. I loved that game as a kid. Someone clearly went like, this game is great. It should be a movie and like battleship before it. Then some writer had to go, oh, OK, can I have <laughs> more to go on? And they went, nah, that's it. That's your job, Mr. Writer, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Kaiju and they punch buildings. Do something with that, and, and someone tried, and someone tried, and so I, I think I say all that, and I wanted to frame it that way because we were a show about positivity, we're about finding silver linings in movies, and I want to be sympathetic towards these people who I think had a very difficult job, but yeah. I want to, but I want to say, having said all that that I don't know that their approach was the right one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think making the humans fighting the monsters the protagonist is a logical choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I might even go as far to say, because in the game, uh, the three characters, George, Lizzie, and Ralph, are people that have been mutated by scum labs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm mad that they didn't... They made it energy. Yeah, why? Well, I Just think, make it Scum Labs.
1: And again, I think that is the first um, sort of... is beginning to touch at my exact issue that I had watching this movie, which is you decided to adapt a, a very simple, like, nothing concept of a game. Don't try... Like, lean into it. Don't shy away from... Yeah, it's Scum Labs made some clones of very famous kaiju, and then they wreck stuff. That—that's the plot is
2: given to you. Don't try to polish that. Yeah, that is not a turd that needs polishing. Uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be punched up. No. It's it doesn't fine. need
1: to be elevated it it needs to be given to us like that's that's what we expect I mean, what I remember, and I think this was, might have even been one of the later ones, I remember there being some kind of frazzled scientists that what you would see like did you get your score of how well you smashed everything and then I believe you right. would see some like frazzled scientists talking about the destruction
2: yeah and and especially because in the movie, the leaders of energy um Malin Ackerman making, I believe, her second appearance on the pod. We did Watchmen, so yes. Yeah. Um, is so, like, mustache-twirlingly evil that why not make it Scum Labs? Yeah. And I'll look, this starts to get at it, too.
1: Malin Ackerman and Harry Dean uh, Stanton were in the movie I wanted to see. That's the movie they were acting for. <laughs> But I don't think
2: everyone else was on the same page. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. All right. What did I say? You said Harry Dean Stanton. Who would have been a great addition to this? <laughs> you know what? If I could add one more note, I don't know. If, is he still alive? <laughs> He's not. Oh, okay. Well, but Rihanna, I think he was in
1: 2017. In 2017, you should have cast <laughs> Harry Dean Morgan. <laughs> nope. Did it wrong
2: again. What? Whichever one. Jeff, you know, whatever. Harry Dean Stanton mm-hmm. should have been. Yeah. But they're the same been person. Closure. Jeffrey Dean Morgan?
1: Which one? Look, which one of them was in The Walking Dead? I can't
2: say. Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
1: <laughs> but was he?
2: Yes, he was Negan. He, he was I think a you're famous wrong. late addition to the show. I think you're wrong. I'm, I'm not. Okay, but then the other one was in Watchmen, right? Nope, same one. <laughs> I'm confused. Harry Dean Stanton was famously the dad in Sixteen Candles, I think it was. No, that's definitely Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> he wasn't even acting in, when Sixteen Candles came out. Because
1: he disappeared into the role.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like acting because he was so deep into the role of Molly Ringwald's dad. Whatever guy with a serial
1: killer name that I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> he Whichever future president assassin. <laughs> yes uh he understood the movie that he was in
2: uh which i believe yes, he was jeffrey po- dean stanton 100 got the movie he was in and he was we'll, we'll save it because i think that is one of the, yeah, the yeah. silver well, lines we'll, we'll, get, the we'll get
1: to him and, and malin and ackerman later but point being i i liked what they were doing and i wanted more of it mm-hmm. yeah uh okay so maybe some other things to to talk about at this point We kind of hinted at it, but I want to say it more emphatically. Way too much exposition. Like just ratio of people telling us things to monsters punching buildings way off. Just too much of the former, not enough of the latter. Like I wanted 80% kaiju punching buildings. And I think I got 80% people having conversations. And that yeah, that is not the
2: right ratio for this movie. And if Godzilla versus Kong proved anything is that you can't have too much kaiju smashing buildings.
1: Well, I love that. I mean, and that that to me, yes, is the is such a great standard of what we should be striving for in this type of movie. And I, I remember that director saying that, like, that's kind of his desire is he's pushing more and more towards a world where it's really just the kaiju and the
2: humans are in it less and less. And I think that's correct. I think that's the right move. And yeah. that is something that this movie could have taken a lesson from.
1: Yeah. Because just not enough. Like when they punched the buildings, I liked it. That's that's what I wanted. And I just. Yeah. But but I had that feeling. I don't know if you had that feeling every time that I really started to get into this movie where I was like, OK, we, we got all of our vegetables, but now we're getting dessert. It Like I felt like they cut every time. Right as it like every time a scene was like really hitting
2: what I wanted from it, they cut away from it. Yeah, they, they they dialed back and dialed away from just watching the three kaiju just wreck stuff. Yeah, they should be fighting way more
1: in this movie, and I don't think there's enough. They don't have enough screen time. I really believe that, especially. The two that are not George, like the two, right. yeah, they, they are woefully underserved. They were also, they don't get to be as human in this. There's not, they're not as like anthropomorphized, which we should, I guess, talk about too. I feel like, cause that, that also, I wasn't a huge fan of like, cause I get, especially with the, um, Lizzie, like, I feel like they were really didn't want Godzilla comparisons, but then this gave us a big alligator
2: with boar tusks yeah and like spikes on its back
1: yeah and i it looked cool it, it looked cool but it's you lost all of the the personality of lizzie punching those buildings
2: and there were some other things that like they hinted at that i think could have been actually interesting exposition um is like uh, at one point uh Jeffrey Dean Stanton, Morgan, Harrison, Ford. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. Lincoln? Yeah. Harrison Ford. It was Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Um he says, you know, the crazies on the internet are calling this one Ralph. Like why? Like that seems like in something to pursue. Like why are they calling this giant bat wolf thing Ralph with porcupine quills? Why? Because he reminds him of Ralph Wiggum. I assume. <laughs> I, I was going to say Machio, but yeah, now, I don't think either of those are right. Which one was in The Walking Dead? Ralph Wiggum. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but like a lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird decisions. I also did. The, was it me or did their scale seem off in terms of like, I feel like the other two were larger than George, like because they were laying down. I feel like their scale of these three kaiju was not... They were all different sizes to
2: me. Yeah, I would say Lizzie was by far the biggest. Yeah. um, And then George was the smallest. And the wolf that was on his hind legs, Ralph, would have been also like half again as big as George, I would say. Yeah, why? <laughs> and, and why did Lizzie and... Ralph get these weird hybrid animal things, and George Mm -hmm. just got huge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another thing that's not explained, yes, is that George retained essentially who he was, but bigger. And the other two, yeah, like, like you said, porcupine quills, like the, um, the wolfman, the wolfman, yeah, had like uh, flying squirrel flaps in his arm. It was very strange. I also. I guess I'll put this here because so here's the thing that for all the exposition you did and all the character stuff that you did, this really bothered me too. So we have, was the time we have the rocks character, right? Um, And he, as we played at the top, he, he doesn't care much for humans, but he loves George because he found George uh, as his mother was being killed. He rescued him. They have a clear bond. Um, and so he's going to do everything he can to save George. That is what it, that's his driving thing. That's his one. Cool. Good screenwriting. Totally understand it. There are two other animals that are not George. Fuck them. Like just (laughs) don't care about them. (laughs) Like shooting like explosives at them, trying to murder them. As best he can. why? Because he didn't have a personal relationship with them. They didn't bond. So don't care about them.
2: I mean, if there's one thing I know about The Rock as a wrestling character, if you're not his immediate ally, he's <laughs> he's going to whoop that ass. He's going to layeth the smacketh down
1: but i did but you know what i mean like I, I'm, no, no i hundred no i hundred percent in all seriousness like he if he's gonna be the guy if he's gonna be the matthew broderick from godzilla which we talked about matthew broderick in that movie and how inconsistent he was but like that guy has to not want to murder the kaiju like all right. of them.
2: He wants to try to save all three if possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it's a, the fact that that didn't seem to occur to him felt really strange to me that he was just, well again because they were mutated and they they weren't as human and they didn't know sign language so therefore they should be murdered even though he doesn't like humans. So Right. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I didn't like that. Also, since we're here and since I said sign language, what what were the capabilities of George to communicate before being genetically modified? It seemed like their conversations were too, like, on an emotional depth that I don't believe is is possible, where, like, he's explaining to George not to uh, mess with another one of the gorillas because that gorilla has been through trauma. and And George seems to understand. They have a way to communicate where The Rock can tell george about emotional trauma that another gorilla has gone through i just don't think that that animal to animal <laughs> communicating exists I don't know, on that level if you
2: if you go to the archetypal case of coco the sign language gorilla uh it had a pet kitten that it felt uh, a strong affection for
1: well, sure, sure, but that's, I mean, that you're talking about just being nurturing. I'm saying, could you have had a conversation with Coco where Coco explains uh, the need for companionship on a, like, emotional
2: intelligence level? I, I think you could sign, this gorilla needs a friend. Maybe. And I just felt like their conversation
1: at the beginning seemed too, too far beyond what I felt like they should be capable of communicating to one another.
2: Yeah, and just the fact that also, like, I mean, I think there is evidence of Coco, like, having a sense of humor and and making jokes oh, inside.
1: And that stuff I liked. Like, the idea of, like, the gorilla, like, having fun with him, I think was really smart. I just think that, like, the actual conversation they were having it rang false
2: to me. Maybe that was just me. It did seem a little bit more, especially because... The Rock was saying a lot of words and not signing very many words. Well, right,
1: yeah, maybe what he's telling us is not what he's
2: actually signing. (laughs) Well, I do know one thing from reading the IMDb trivia is that when he was signing "It's Me," he actually did the sign for Rock, Mm -hmm. which is great. Which I think is really funny. That is that's delightful. Like that's a wonderful Mm -hmm. Easter egg for signers in the audience. That like he does the sign for Rock when he's saying "It's Me." Yeah, Uh, that I think is delightful. And um, if if the filmmakers put as much care into the rest of the movie as they did into that little Easter egg, I think we would have had a much more enjoyable movie uh, than we got. Yes. No, I think that's accurate. Uh, But yeah, like the other thing that just seemed really weird, I already talked about how, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan says, well, they call the wolf Ralph, but no one had any idea there was this giant. Bortux lizard, mon- alligator monster, going up the Mississippi River, and no one knows about it until well, it shows up in Chicago.
1: Also, we learn can reads on radar as if it's a submarine. Like it right. is, it it, it huge. Picked, like it's huge. Radar picks it up, but no yes. one's aware of its movement somehow.
2: Whereas they knew about the wolf in the middle of the woods in Yellowstone National Park immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, this movie is about as one note as movies get,
1: but again, and I think I'm not even mad at that. Just like, I think this movie's biggest
2: problem is that it's, it's not fun. (laughs) Like, no, yeah, and that, that's what I was saying. Is like this, like this, I don't want a movie based on the video game Rampage to be a multi-layered uh, think piece that makes me question what I know about gene editing technology <laughs> as well as the relationship between man and animals. It could have done that, and that would have been fine, but that's not why I'm going into the movies.
1: Yeah, uh, also, did we need to tie it to CRISPR? <laughs>
2: like, I found
1: that kind of funny, that they just, it was like... Someone did a skim of Wikipedia, because right. I I'm, I am don't know enough about this subject, but I'm pretty sure
2: that's not how CRISPR technology works. I'm also pretty sure that that's not how CRISPR technology works, and I mean, they needed something to explain the mutations, and CRISPR is a little bit more hot button right now than radioactive waste, I guess.
1: But also, I would counter that with saying, did they? <laughs> what if three canisters of smoking green
2: whatever fell out of the sky did we need more <laughs> i i don't think we did i'm just yeah. saying that I, I think this was their thought it's like we need to yeah. be, like radi- radioactive waste that's 70s 80s let's let's do something a little more 2000s crisper yeah but
1: yeah that's my thing is
2: it's like or, or don't do any of it just just do
1: canisters that land from space I think right. space and, like, we need the work? Marley
2: Shelton mutated rat scene in the spaceship. No, I think that was I think a lot of
1: the opening was uh not not how I would have gone
2: with, I with think any- only, if we if we're not going to do mutating humans, I think the only thing we needed was establishing George and the Rock's relationship. Yeah, but even that I think could have been
1: tackled Trimmed. differently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it could have been shorter. Uh, And yeah, just more because I think the end of that scene that we kind of talked about, I think was important. But there's a lot there's a lot of spending time with these other characters that then disappear.
2: Yeah, because like we didn't need the uh, Dennis Quaid's kid there. Jack Quaid didn't need him in the movie. He didn't do anything. His love interest didn't do anything. Uh, The. Uh, George Costanza type didn't do anything.
1: Well, then not only did they not do anything, they also just like, they're gone pretty early. Right. Yeah, like like after that first act, all of those characters just disappear from the
2: movie. Right. <laughs> so and I, we didn't I, introduce Tandy Newton until the second act. Um, what did Tandy Newton do? She was the... The scientist that knew about CRISPR that would oh, help you, The Rock. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do to you what you just did to me, but you mean Naomi Harris. That's Naomi. Goodness
1: gracious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was having that. I was like, I don't remember in the movie. Did she have a scene with Harry Dean Stanton? I could
2: have sworn. Yeah, no, she did a scene with... It was... Yeah, it was... <laughs> Tandy this
1: Newton. is the worst
2: we've ever done. Ultimately. This is terrible.
1: This, this, podcast, this movie broke our I was, I was our so brains. sure it was
2: Tandy Newton. I don't know why I had it in my head that. that but no, it was definitely Naomi Harris. I said yeah. fully corrected.
1: Yeah, it was Naomi Harris, which is since we're here, we should talk about the fact that, uh, yeah, completely wasted in this movie. Because uh, she does nothing. She does nothing. And she's uh, an actor that I really like. And I really yeah, like same. In, uh, other things that I've seen her in, including 28 Days Later. She's great. Uh, right. She has nothing to do in this movie. Also, found it funny, they introduce her by... So, she's a geneticist. She works for the evil corporation. Uh, she helped design these kaiju. When we first meet her, she has open, like, genetics for dummies books <laughs> like, on her bed. Why? <laughs> she's just reading those at night.
2: Yeah. Presumably... Maybe she was just... For fun, she likes to pick out what they did wrong. I
1: don't I don't know. I guess I would have thought at all the school that she would have gone to that she would have learned all this stuff. But she just casually reads like three or four different genetics books at random every night right. when she's running late for work. Also, that's how we're introduced to her, that she's also running late for work. None of that has anything to do with anything. That's just no. how she's introduced. Yeah, it's. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, she she was not a good character. (laughs) No. Uh,
2: I mean, uh, this movie, the whole thing of this movie is with a few small exceptions, anything involving people was boring. And then there were giant monsters that smashed stuff.
1: Well, yeah. And I don't think they had a good grasp of who was interesting and who wasn't because Malin Ackerman and uh, again, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I I also I enjoyed uh Joe uh, Manginello, who I did too.
2: I always liked Joe Manginello
1: was not in this movie enough. I thought they were really setting him up for something. He's the guy who's gonna hunt the animals and then he's just kind of unceremoniously taken out like pretty early. I, I want to
2: say like, I would have liked more Joe Manginello, but I kind of liked that they drew Barry moreed him. A little bit that he that, like. Think that he would be, go like, on
1: dates with Adam Sandler, but he couldn't remember
2: them. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, that he was going to be <laughs> uh, the younger sibling of someone who meets an alien,
1: mm-hmm. and then the the I did love man when when George hid among his stuffed animals. That was an yes. adorable scene.
2: <laughs> Genius. Yeah, yeah. When uh, and when Joe Manganiello joined up with three other sexy lady spy. Agents mm-hmm. and solved a bunch of international crimes. That was really good too.
1: Yeah. But well, I thought what they should have done is like killed him off really early, unexpectedly.
2: Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're going to take no, things I, from Japan, I, 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 ca- I kind of like they were setting him up to be a secondary antagonist. Um, a- and he was sort of sacrificed at the altar of showing how tough these monsters are, I guess. Yeah. I would have seen. Uh, which switched I didn't to... think was a bad choice, but I would have liked to have seen. M- more Joe Manginello,
1: Yeah, I would see I maybe would have flipped that with uh, you know, no offense to to Jake Lacey, but if you're gonna do that move, maybe do that to his character and keep Manganiello on the board until the right. end. Yeah. Cause I just I feel like that third act needed man like especially when you're like we're gonna drop a huge bomb on the city. I almost want him flying that plane. You know, like I I want Right uh, you something. Know. Yeah. Uh but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Anyway, that's, I think that's, those are the reasons.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, this is a, a dumb, cheesy movie that didn't give the, gave the audience what it wanted, but in not nearly the right ratio.
1: Yeah, didn't, like, it, it gave the bare minimum of what the audience wanted and spent a lot of time on things that. At least for you and I, we did not particularly want And I I would like to think that I'm the, the demo for this movie because I certainly have spent a lot of time playing that video game.
2: Yeah, I think this movie was because younger kids aren't playing Rampage. No. I mean, maybe they're playing like if they have a, a retro game interest or something, but. Maybe if their dad is making them. Right. No, try this
1: game from my youth. Then maybe they're.
2: This is dumb. You just punch buildings. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was all, right. all we had. It was revolutionary at the time. Do you know how long we had wanted to punch buildings as a giant ape, and we finally got the chance? Too long. Um. <laughs> anyway, so should we should we pivot to the silver linings? I think that we should pivot to the silver linings, and I think as good a place as any to start is to say I liked the parts where they did the stuff from the video game.
2: Yes, hundred
1: <laughs> percent. When they um, punched holes in buildings, when Malin Ackerman was wearing a red dress and she got tossed into the mouth of one of them, that's which the is stuff exactly I what happens
2: in the video game. There's a yeah. red dress woman was one of the health yeah. icons, and
1: yep. yeah, no, great. I liked when they did this when they punched helicopters and they exploded. Great, that's what I wanted.
2: Should have eaten someone in a bathtub, but you know we can't yeah, have everything. When in. the werewolf or the the wolf killed Joe Manganiello's whole crew. Mm-hmm. Down for it. I'm here yeah. for that.
1: No, I look the the time that they had on the screen, good. <laughs> and I think that the kaiju looked good. Yeah. Well, so I that, I had that as a whole separate. But like, if we want to get into it, because they've come up on this show before, and I want to spotlight them specifically. Weta Digital is phenomenal at doing effects. They are, if you remember, when we did all the Fast and Furious movies, they're the people who seamlessly uh, put Paul Walker. <laughs> in fast seven like they are the peter jackson made all of the the lord of the yeah, rings they, got their,
2: they start it's peter jackson's company they got their start doing the lord of the rings movies which were those movies are almost 20 years old and still hold up visually yeah,
1: yeah i would say honestly for you know and i'm by no means an expert on this but just from my own peepers like, watching movies, I think they're the gold standard, like, for, for visual effects companies. Like, they, they, the work that they do, because it is so seamless, and it all holds up really well. I even had that in the beginning of this movie, that scene that we were talking about, where The Rock, because there's a bunch of gorillas that we see. I sincerely don't know if all of that was visual effects, if some of those were real gorillas, or what? None of them were real gorillas. It right. was all mocap. Okay. Great. Like, they yeah. looked that good where I I didn't even question it because, like, obviously, once, like, George was really doing stuff and doing sign language, I'm like, okay, that's visual effects. But when there were just gorillas, like, hanging out that I would have believed were real gorillas, like, they all – all of the yeah. effects, like, are very seamless. And I also – I was reading some of the stuff, like, where they, they actually digitally recreated Chicago to blow it up. Like, a lot of right. the, the city effects were done – in a computer, they're very good at what they do.
2: Yeah, for yeah, sure. And Weta, Weta does a great job with their special effects, and they used, uh, for the mocap, it was a lot of the same performers that did the Planet of the Apes movies. Which makes so sense. So they had experience yeah. being apes. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah, no, it was, like, the special effects and, yeah, Ralph and Lizzie, they, uh, something we've talked about, especially when we talked about some of the earlier, like, CG movies, where uh creatures didn't have weight yeah. in the environment like that was a big problem with like uh the 96 godzilla is that it didn't have weight in its environment but like these things they felt like they were there like they 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 took up space they weren't just like Roger rabbited onto the screen like they were even though they were essentially Roger rabbited onto the screen um but they felt like they were fully realized three-dimensional beings in the world yeah And when they stepped on things, it felt real. And when they punched things, it didn't look like painting over an explosion. Like it was it was great. The special effects are awesome in this movie.
1: Yes. Yeah. They're top notch. Like they they all look great. So, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, it's. uh, I think if you have like I think the way to if you're going to watch this movie is to watch it on the biggest screen you possibly can at this point. Mm hmm. Because it's going to be a good experience for that. And fast forward, because you have a fast forward button most likely.
1: Unless Malin Ackerman or Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, show up on the screen and then play those scenes. Because because she is uh, a really great, scene-chewing, just unrepentantly evil character. And uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing... A uh, southern attorney whose uh, client is on trial <laughs> for murder, and just I, I would just like to
2: say, Your Honor, like, if uh, I could- if it pleases the court, let uh, me tell you right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's he's trying to audition to play Harlan Sanders. I know there's a there's back when the anyone was getting a shot, like he wanted to make sure that this
2: was his demo <laughs> this reel. This was his, his demo reel. Yeah, this was his uh, screen test for Harlan Sanders. Yeah, I mean, he's... And I, I say that all affectionately. I really yes. did enjoy...
1: <laughs> like, he is playing a cartoon man. He's playing Foghorn Lakehorn. When I say a cartoon, yeah. specifically, it's Foghorn Lakehorn.
2: So, well, I said, I said, <laughs> boy, you need to get them monsters. and Yeah, it's... And his motivations, like constantly seem to be changing well he was he's presented works he's presented as the most evil person at the
1: beginning and then the rock saves his life and then he just does a 180 at that point because he owes him a life debt yeah that's why you should always save people uh from like falling airplanes if you can
2: if you can If you're in a position to save someone from a falling airplane, Mm -hmm. uh, the Silver Linings playback recommendation is that you do save that person. If you can. No matter how much you may have issues or dislike or. Because it's probably going to
1: resolve your issues, surprisingly. You
2: might think you don't have any common ground, but you know
1: how you get common ground by landing on the ground uh, from parachutes. Yeah. Also liked the parachutes because that, that was in the game too. I, because what you was super fun, Yeah. what was so much fun in that rampage video game is you'd be on top of a building and you'd punch an airplane and then the guy would, ju- he'd fly out, out of it with his parachute. And if you had the timing, right, you could grab that guy out of the air and eat him. Yeah. That was, that, a, was that was
2: a great moment. in it was the game.
1: Which I, I want to believe that, uh, in the first Marvel Avengers movie, that that was an homage to that when, (laughs) when the incredible Hulk, uh, grabbed a guy who was being ejected. I want to, I want to believe that that, that was what that was meant
2: to be. Yeah. That, you know, they'd already, they'd already name checked Galaga, but they're going to do a couple other single screen beat up games. Yep.
1: Yeah, I like that they put it in Chicago. I don't know if that really counts as a silver lining, but, like, it was a midway game. So, like, I thought that was... uh, That, to me, felt like a cute, you know, like, nod to, like, actually... Because, also, again, as we said, the actual game didn't really have a set city. You were kind of traveling around. Um, Right. But, yeah, like, putting it in Chicago was, was cool to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and this is getting back, is I think they could have, like had individual monsters destroy cities like leading up to Chicago like Mm -hmm. maybe had a couple of other set pieces like that
1: yeah not enough destroying cities for sure we're at the the silver lining part but there should have been more destroying of cities
2: but like why didn't Ralph destroy Kalamazoo Michigan yeah should have happened why isn't you know Des Moines Iowa getting destroyed by George yeah you know they all and you get to then you get to showcase each kaiju kind of once doing their thing
1: Can I, this is not necessarily a silver lining, but this is just more a question at this point. But does The Rock just live on a jungle set? Like, if you want to find The Rock for your movie, is that just where he hangs out now? You just find him? Because they, I feel like they wrote it into this movie of like, well, he's on a jungle set, but uh, twist, it's actually the San Diego Zoo. But like, I feel like I've been watching 20, 30 movies recently where The Rock is uh, in a jungle and um, also, I love that, like, they were like, he's he's an animal trainer at the zoo, but also he was special forces.
2: <laughs> right. But he was he was army special forces. But when he got out of that, he went into animal training. <laughs>
1: it's it's tale as old as time. You know, yeah. a lot of those SEAL Team 6 guys, that's what they do now. They all work at zoos. Right.
2: They're uh, all zookeepers.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just I I'm just gonna say this rock if you're listening and I hope you are. Um, I'd love to see you play like a librarian or like the manager of like a chain of taco bells, you know, and not a used to be special forces has a secret set of skills. Like, I don't want you to do that. Bob Odenkirk, nobody kind of thing. Like, I just want, you're just that guy. And it's, here's, here's my pitch for this uh, is you can't fight. You have survived because you really like working out, but you've never been in a fight, but you've never had to be in a fight because of how buff you look. But then some guys show up to your, you know, regional grocery store that you're running. Right. And they uh, just, now you have to defend yourself, but you don't have the skill set at all. So how does that play out? He has to use uh, his charm. And his, you know, so he, he, it's all like tricks. Like he has to, he, cause he wants to, here's the thing he wants to be promoted from regional manager uh, to like a, more, he wants a higher rung on the corporate ladder, but they're a little worried about his leadership skills. So he actually has to use leadership skills to defeat them.
2: And he can't and use just his fist. Use charm. And there's, yeah. there's like a side character that's just like, wait. You're that buff and you're charming. What the hell? This is unfair. Yeah. And that guy weighs 96 pounds, but is
1: trained in Gracie Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And right. like he just, it's Ray it. Park. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just, he is destroying people. Right. Yeah. And then X Gonna Give It To You kicks it. <laughs> All right. We got a movie. We just yeah. need a title. <laughs> um,. Uh, we'll get. We'll get. Yeah, we'll come yeah, up yeah. with that. Was, we'll, I really we'll add thought, that in post. I was so confident. I was like, you, "Just something will come to you," and then there was there was nothing.
2: But you know what? Hmm. That movie could get absolutely get made. It, it, that the yeah. rock is just a workout enthusiast, grocery store manager with a with a glass jaw. <laughs> <laughs> That has literally, like, he's strong, so he's, like, he's not a complete pushover, but he has no clue how to fight. No, the, the way I picture it is that he's never had to fight, because
1: everyone right. just assumes that this that guy... He, he
2: just kind of does a little flex, and everyone's like, oh, okay.
1: But he finally... And he knows a haka. Obviously, he's going to do a haka. I'm not going to write a movie for The Rock where he doesn't do a haka. But, like... No. But then, like, once that happens, normally that's enough that everyone backs down. But this is the one to this gang... Like, they, they don't back. That's their, in fact, that's their motto. Never back down. So, it doesn't matter what he does. And they're, these are the new guys. They're trying to get in to the crew. So, they really have to impress.
2: Right. Uh, and so, then, like, Rock has to throw a punch. And he's like, ow!
1: Also, when he, when he sees blood, he faints. Yes. Yeah, he can't handle the sight of blood. And he was gonna fire Ray Park. Because he's terrible at his job. Right.
2: But now he's always like coming in hurt from the various fights he does on the weekends and on the way to work. He's a real
1: hothead. He argues with the customers like he's shouting at everybody and he
2: was going to fire him that day because it's Friday. Yeah. And here's how the movie starts. We come. (laughs) No here. here. So the camera pans through a bunch of leaves and -hmm. everything. But as like it kind of spins and rotates, you see it's just the produce section. It's not a jungle. Ooh,
1: Oh, that's good. And the rock's kind of cool. So he's wearing that vest that he always wears. Yeah, he's
2: got like because it's a Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. So he's got like the khakis on. Yeah. Holler at your boys, Hollywood. We got a movie for you. Trading blows. Is that is that the name? That might be it. <laughs> Trading blows. Yeah. <laughs> We got, we're a MacGuffin away from a summer blockbuster is really I, where we're at right now.
1: That one, look, it, and I know, look, we'll write parts for Karen Gillan and Kevin Hart if we need to. Like if yeah, that's, if, if that's what's holding and, and this up. And we'll just have Jack
2: Black go, <laughs> and like, that'll
1: be all we need. Jack Black's role is guy who's really mad that they're out of those uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups that they have at Trader Joe's. And he's, right. and so they actually use him uh, when you first see him, that he's one of the guys that The Rock does the haka to, and it scares him off because he's real mad. Like, Jack Black is ready to fight everyone. Oh, it's because it's really, this is just a cameo. Jack Black's not in the whole thing.
2: Right. Uh, but he does then, angry Jack Black face and runs away.
1: Yeah, he's scared and he runs off. Um, yeah. And like, Karen Gillen plays, you know, she's, she's a checkout, you know, one of the people at the checkout counter, but she, she has bigger dreams than this this isn't what she wanted to do with her
2: life and she's probably the love interest probably i mean that's a, that's a safe bet yeah i feel like that you know, we could do maybe a triangle thing with with ray park and the rock and then kevin hart he has an
1: establishment next door and he's mad because the Trader Joe's parking lot, as you know, is terrible. And you can never park there. Right, it's there. a nightmare. So a lot of people actually park at Kevin Hart's store and walk to Trader Joe's. And he's had it with that.
2: But he keeps, like, getting scared off by Dwayne Johnson being so intimidating.
1: But but he then figures out that The Rock can't actually fight when the the bad guys show up. He He's showing up to confront him. And he's terrified of him, but then he sees that he's actually doesn't know how to fight, and that the the careful rock facade is crumbled. And now Kevin Hart feels like this is his time to win. I think we, we got just, a movie right there. I, that's the entire movie. Yeah, Dude, I, we didn't I, cast you know, the. I don't know who the villain is. We didn't. We didn't cast the actual like leader of the gang, but
2: yeah but we'll get there i mean we can we'll test some people we'll see who who works best maybe it's malin ackerman we don't know oh my uh, sold sold (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's jeffrey dean morgan who who knows maybe it's just the cast of of rampage in this movie. maybe it's
1: harry dean (laughs) yeah we don't know maybe it's tandy newton who knows who anyone is anymore that's what (laughs) i say (laughs) individuality is meaningless everyone's the same (laughs) And and all we all want at the end of the day, when we really get down to it, is we want our kaiju monsters to rampage.
2: Yeah.
0: Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this
1: one. How many times has this happened to you?
0: I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures
1: and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the peak sloth, Podcast Network.